What's going on, everyone? This is Eric B. Horn, and welcome to another episode of the Eric B. Horn Pro Dev Experience. During today's episode, I had the pleasure to talking with Barbara Mason, who is the founder of Career Pathways. And today's topic is very interesting and is very touchy also. We talked about why Barbara left corporate America. During today's episode, some of the topics we touched on was ultimately why did she leave corporate America? And if someone is contemplating leaving corporate America, what is the first thing that they should do? Now, as a disclaimer, before the episode starts, I want to make sure everyone knows that I'm not promoting leaving corporate America, because if you have a job, I want to make sure that you stay at the job as long as possible. However, I'm pretty sure you guys, after listening to this episode, there are some things that you can definitely relate with Barbara on why she ultimately made that decision. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Barbara Mason. Barbara, welcome to the Pro Dev Experience. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here, Eric. Oh, I am so happy that you're here also. Now, today's topic is leaving corporate America behind. Now, from the outside looking in, most people want a high-paying job with high visibility, especially in corporate America. However, most people don't see the stress and other negative impacts that may come from that same type of job. So uh, Barbara's here today to talk about the impacts leading up to her leaving corporate America and what has transpired after leaving. So um, with you being a, a business owner and a fellow podcaster, you have a lot of expertise when it comes to the career space, but I know for a fact that my audience will definitely uh, you know, love to hear your intake and your overall value when it comes to you know, your overall decision of leaving in corporate America. And as a disclaimer, we are not promoting you you leaving your, your current job. I don't want anyone to listen to this podcast and think, well, you know, Eric said you, I should just come into the office and quit. No, <laughs> we're not saying that. However, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. However, this is a elephant in the room. And I'm pretty sure most people are going through this, but they don't have they don't know what, what to do. So this could definitely be a relatable podcast. But before we get into all of that, uh, the first question that I want to know and my audience wants to know, who is Barbara Mason? Yeah, thank you again for um, having me on the show. I really appreciate that. And so just to kind of tell you a little bit about me, I'll start with the personal because I think it's important uh, for people to understand um, that I'm just like them. I'm no different than um, many of your listeners, I'm sure. So I've been a wife for 21 years, so married for 21 years. I have two children, um, 16-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son. Um, and so I also bring that up because as you start to talk about my exit from corporate America, those are things that I had to consider. And so I'm sure that's like many of the people that may be listening. So I'm a wife, I'm a mom. Um, professionally, um, I've been in HR for the last 20 years. Um, I grew up in Alabama and Huntsville. If there's anybody from the, from the South hey, listening, um, I have to rep my city. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, I've been doing HR for the last 20 years. I've done it for some fortune 500 companies. Oh, well, all, really all of them have been fortune 500 companies. Um, and I progressed really, really quickly in that space. Um, and then I started my own business in 2017, two years ago, while I was still working in corporate America. So that's a little bit about me just at a 50,000 foot view. I've had a, an amazing career and had a chance to work with some amazing companies and amazing people. Um, and so even though we're going to talk about my exit 
from corporate America, I don't want to detract from the time that I was there. It was a great time. It was good until it wasn't good anymore. And so I'm sure we'll delve um, into that. And the, the the key piece when we did our pre-talk, you told me that, right, you, you, you loved your job. And most importantly, you, you love your uh, the team that you were were working with and the position HR position that you were in, it was at a very high level. You were making a very good salary. You were you were doing your thing in a sense. So once again, from the outside looking in, you have a lot of people thinking, well, you 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 are exactly where you you need to be, and this is the the great life. And you know anyone that's in that current position, just because you have those positive attributes doesn't necessarily mean that there's some um, challenges that that come with that. I mean, there's the good and the bad when it comes to overall balance in your corporate career. So with you having a great team, having a great position and having a great job and a great salary, why did you leave corporate America? You know, that is a, um, that's a loaded question, a question that I get a lot. And the, the first thing that I want to go to is because I realized I wasn't living um, and like you said, from the outside looking in, it looked great. It's a pretty picture. I mean, I had the salary, I had the title, I had the company, I had the team. Um, I had an awesome team, awesome position. And I loved the content of what I did. But at the end of the day, my life was consumed with work, number one. Um, it was consumed with being where someone else told me and wanted me to be. Um, I always used to make this joke at work that I didn't get a chance to eat lunch with who I wanted to eat lunch with because it was already dictated for me. Um, and so four or five days out of the week, there were lunches, you know, I had to meet with this board or that board or just whatever the case may be. And it was a constant struggle, um, that I didn't even have time, the mental capacity, the energy or the time to really enjoy the fruits of my labor. So you know, you have a nice salary. I couldn't even spend money. I didn't have time to. I couldn't spend time with my kids the way I wanted to. And so when I started to think about my life and what I wanted my life to be in the long run, I knew that I had to kind of get off of this hamster wheel then in order to have the life that I want in the future. So that really was the deciding factor for me to say, okay, this is not the end game. And although you have all these external things, in terms of your legacy, you're not headed in the direction of what you want your legacy to be. Um, And I will say, Eric, one of the things that got me to thinking that way is that I lost my mom unexpectedly in 2014. Oh, sorry to hear that. And so that was the first thing that happened that kind of got me on that mental journey of really examining my life. And many times that happens for a lot of people that is usually some pivotal moment that causes you to really think about what am I doing? And is this what I want to do long-term? And the the point I really want to make is that I knew long-term, you know, 10 years from now, five years, I don't want my life to be this way. I I have a 16 year old. So she's a junior in high school in a year and a half. She's not going to be in my house anymore. I don't want to have regrets about what I didn't do. Um, and so because I knew what I knew I wanted in the future, I had to make a choice then. And that's huge because you're right. You have, a, it was a wake up call for you. And even though you were getting 
little subtle hints. For example, you couldn't eat lunch with who you wanted to eat with. Um, also, you know, unfortunately, the the, the passing of, of your, your your mom. These are certain things that kind of shake individuals up and ask the exact question. You know, what, what am I doing with my life? Am I just working my life away? Am I not? Um, you know living my best life, you know, so to speak, which, which makes a lot of sense, which is a great transition into the, the next question, because you are a fellow podcaster like myself mm-hmm. uh, and on your career connections podcast, specifically episode nine. And that was the one that drew me to you. You talked about why you left corporate America. Um, what I'll do is in the show notes is I'll put that direct link because everyone needs to, even if you aren't in, uh, in corporate America, if you're in the government sector, if you're in the nonprofit sector, if you are feeling stressed out and feel like you're not, you know, living your, your best self or being your best self because you're wrapped up in your job, definitely listen to it. But uh, the specific question that I have for you is, uh, was that particular podcast episode you recorded therapeutic? And more importantly, what have you learned since leaving corporate America six months ago? Yeah, and we talked a little bit about this in our pre-talk just in terms of, um, you know, it's been six months. And so going back to when I recorded that episode, it was literally 24 to 48 hours after I quit. Um, And I did it on purpose that way because I wanted to be, I wanted it to be real and in the moment. And I really wanted to tap into my raw feelings. Um, And yes, it was therapeutic. It was very emotional for me to do it. And I did it not knowing if I was going to release it because I know that I needed it to to get it, to get it out of my system, you know, just emotionally. Um, It was therapeutic for me that man, even though I had quit me saying it and me sitting there at the dining room table in the middle of the day, which was foreign to me, Mm. um, was therapeutic to say, you really did this. So it almost finalized it for me. Even though I had walked through the steps, I had planned it, I had an exit strategy, but it was it's something about saying it. And again, it was in the middle of the day. It was like around 11 o'clock in the middle of the day, and I'm sitting at my dining room table, and I'm recording this episode. So there was a whole lot of stuff going on in my mind. Number one, I'm never at home at 11 o'clock in the middle of the day. Man, this is interesting. This is nice. <laughs> oh, look, she's walking her dog. Oh, I never see that. Okay, that's great. <laughs> um, so yes, it was very therapeutic and very um, close. It was a bit of closure for me that I actually did it. And in that moment for, you know, I would say a while, I sat there thinking, I really did it. And I'm like, man, you have more courage than I thought. I'm like, I'm talking to myself like, you really did this. You have more courage than you ever would have thought. And I felt so free is the best way I know how to explain it. I felt like the chains that were on me were like completely loose. I felt like I can do whatever I want when I want because I can. And I'm like, even, I mean, it's something so simple as I remember I did the podcast episode. It was around 11. So normally in my corporate life, I went to lunch between 1130. Usually from 1131, I had some prepared lunch, you know, with meeting and CEOs and stuff like that. And so I remember doing the episode and I was hungry and I was like, no, I'm not going to eat lunch at 12 because that's what I normally do. I'm going to have lunch somewhere at like 1.30 because that's mm-hmm. something I would have never been able to do. 
So just that shift alone, like that was a huge deal for me. Like, no, I'm going to sit here and be hungry because I'm going in at 1.30. Because mm-hmm. I remember leaving a restaurant after meeting with CEOs and officers and thinking, and I see the mom with the yoga pants come in at 1.30. I'm like, what does she do that she gets a chance to eat lunch at 1.30? Like, what does she do? Well, I'm in my suit and my heels and all of that. And so it was very therapeutic. therapeutic. It was very... Um, eye-opening and it was validation almost if that makes sense it makes a lot of sense and it it kind of brought you back to a certain normality in a sense because if you were go 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 and having these meetings because just as something as simple as going to lunch when you want to to go to lunch that's it's it's small but then again it's huge at the same time because and not going with the crowd it's like oh i can do this now Exactly. Right. And it, and it opens up a, a large assortment of it just I'm pretty sure it was just mind blowing that you had the freedom to, to, to do it, because when most people, that's what they strive for. Once they graduate or what is for their bachelor's or their master's degree, the, the life, the corporate life that you had, this is what they yearn for. This is what they see on TV or read in the business magazines. And they say, okay, you know, these high power suits, these high power meetings, this is the, the, the life that I want. But what, speaking from your perspective, you've been doing it for so long where it got to a point where it was second nature, but it, it shows that you were missing out on some, some, some things, which is yeah. huge. And it comes at a cost. Um, and I, I did something, um, I think on LinkedIn, I was talking about how when I first started, you know, again, like you said, you see it on TV, the high power suits, you're like, oh man, I want that life. It's glamorous. It's travel. It's prestige. And it is. And I remember when I first started, I'm like, man, this is the great life. By year 10, I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. As time progressed, I'm like, mm, I'm good. Like, I've okay, I've eaten at all the fancy restaurants. I've been to some of the most, ni- the nicest places. You know, I've been around, you know, around dignitaries. And I, okay, it's, it's, it was good literally until it wasn't good anymore. Um, and so I don't want to detract and make anyone think, oh, there's not perks that you get. And there's not good times. It can be. But I think the most important thing that I really want to emphasize is that each person needs to be in touch with what they want for their life. And your career is a huge part of your life and and your career and your life go together. It's not separate, it's not independent, they are interdependent. And so a lot of us go through the motions and we do, you know, we check off the things that we're supposed to check off. We go to school, we get the degree, we get the good job, we we get the house, we get the family, whatever it is. And in the beginning we're thinking, okay, I've done the things, I'm living, but are you really living? And so, you know, you also asked me, what have I learned, you know, since six months? And man, I've learned a lot. And the best way I was thinking about this, I really, and I'm gonna try not to get emotional, like, I feel like I've rediscovered who I am, which Mm. is so wild because I thought I knew. And so I'm doing things that I never thought that I would do. So, like, I'm cooking and experimenting in the kitchen. Again, it sounds so small. But it's, I love to cook. I've always loved to cook, but I didn't necessarily cook new things because what, I didn't have time. Everything had to be done in 30 minutes if you're eating at my house. Mm. Because after working, being in meetings, you know, and I'm coming home, it's going to have to be done in 30 So I don't have time to try a new recipe. It's going to be the tried and true. It's going to be good, but it's going to be the tried and the true. (laughs) And so now 
I'm experimenting. I'm like, wow. Um, I took a canning class to learn how to can and preserve food. Um, and so we recently moved to the country. So we moved from the city to the country. That was a personal move that we did. And so there's so much in my life that has changed in six months. Like I pick up my kids from school um, every day. And I remember like the first week of school, you know, they're trying to get the, the parking situation and the line and, you know, it's long okay. and because everybody wants to be there right when the kids get out because it's the first week of school. Yeah. And the line was so backed up. And my immediate thought was to be frustrated. Like, what is, I mean, literally, how long is it going to take for these kids to come out? <laughs> and in that moment, I paused and I said, oh, no. I will sit here because you know what? You've never been able to pick up your kids when they get out of school. Yeah. I make it right before the aftercare ends, but I've never been there at three. Mm. And so in that moment I sat there, I took a picture of all the cars and I sat there and I wept in my car. I was like, Oh my goodness. I'm in the pickup line for my kids. And so my life has changed completely. It has I have so much peace. My health, my blood pressure went down to normal ranges without me doing anything. Mm. Um, I've lost weight without even trying. I mean, it's just, it is unreal how my life has changed and me really understanding who I am and the, my patience. Like literally everything was very timed in my life. It was very regimented. And because I didn't have time, it was always when I'm talking to people, hey, get it out, get to the point, you know, wh what do we need to do? And now it's way more relaxed. So I know I went on and on, but I... I, I, I no, this is great. It is just, it's amazing. Um, so if I had to sum it up, I've rediscovered who I am, what I'm capable of, and um, just there is more to me than the corporate nine to five. And I say that because you kind of get, I call it the matrix. You kind of get caught up in the hustle and the bustle and the matrix. And before you know it, you're letting other people define who you are and what you can do. This and again, a, it goes back to what do you want for your life and losing yourself. And so I lost myself, me in the process, was doing great things, but it wasn't what I needed for me and the impact that I wanted to make. This is a Barbara 2.0, which is a, a blessing in disguise, right? Right. It is Barbara reimagined. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. And um, I, I hope the, the audience realizes that you, you weren't trapped in the, the corporate life in a sense. Right. And because no. you have so many people who are, CEOs or in that executive suite who have families and who are so detached from their family because, you know, with the late night meetings and, you know, the work never stops. Anyone who's worked in corporate America, even not even from an executive level, but even on a, a mid-level uh, perspective, the work never stops. There's never. always, it's never stops. It's never going to slow down. And, you know, I don't know the statistics when it comes to, you know, the, the the family life of a, a high executive, but you have a lot of families who are broken up. You have a lot of families who, you know, don't know who their mother or their father is, or even take it from a perspective of the health, you know, you got people, you know, dying because they are so stressed out and so overworked and really not taking the time out 
to discover who they the, who they are or how their health is and things of that nature just for the the, the love of their job and it's not, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with loving your job but you have to love yourself first and Absolutely. then you know and when it comes to an overall race you have a lot of people losing that race because they think that their job they are their their job or they have so many people depending on them in their position that you know they forget that the number one person that they need to you know remember is is themselves so you covered a lot of there's a lot of gems within that and hopefully you know my audience who's at that particular level they can really take a step back and and see if this is where where you were is is it where they are right now in their career and do they need to you know take a couple of steps back which is a great segue for the next question so if i'm an executive and i'm listening to this podcast and you got my wheels turning um if i'm contemplating on leaving corporate america what do you think is the first thing that i should do um have a plan that's i mean it's loaded with a lot of stuff but very simply you need to have a plan and so what that means is okay when you leave corporate what are you going to go do um and so if that's to have your own business you know and i'm saying anything outside of retirement but if you're going to go have your own business then you need to validate that business idea and what i mean by validate is do you have a viable business that can work um and are you sure that that you're, you're going to like that because just because a lot of times people will be in one bad situation and they'll just jump to another situation because it's different than the previous situation, but they haven't determined, well, what is it that I don't like about my current situation? What is it that I'm missing that I want to get? And so again, it goes back to that life piece and what you really, really want. So for me, what I didn't like was the drain on my time. I didn't like not having the flexibility. And so for me, I needed flexibility and time freedom. I could have gone and got another job, but again, was that going to get me what I was looking for? No. And so that's what I mean. If you're going to leave, then know why you're leaving, know what you're trying to achieve, and then know what are you going to go do and have a plan. So it needs to be a strategic exit strategy. You don't just, I never um, support or just recommend that people just get up and leave. You don't want to leave out of emotion. You want to leave out of logic. Mm. Um you want to have a plan. And so even though I'm a career coach and I help people transition all the time and I have clients that come and say, like, I, I can't do another day. I, again, it's always your choice, but I'm never going to support that because when you do that, you put yourself in a very bad situation and then where well, you may have to take something that's not what you wanted. But if you can be planful and thoughtful and um, introspective about what you want, then where you end up is where you want it to be. I love the, the the exit plan. You know that that was the key piece that that I definitely wanted you to to touch on because I don't want anyone to if they're contemplating on even corporate America or any job, just do not and I repeat, do not just walk in your boss's office and say today's my last day. This isn't Jerry Maguire. You're not just going right. to walk in and just leave. <laughs> everything is going to work out. You need to be very strategic on how you going to, 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 to leave because there's a lot of ripples that can come with, with you leaving, even though you are putting your best interest, you know, in, in the forefront, you want to make sure you still are a professional and you don't want to do anything that's super unprofessional. So I definitely, I'm so grateful that you talked about the, 
the exit strategy. So uh, we talked about leaving corporate America. We talked about what you've learned since you left, the ups, the downs, and everything that comes with that. However, let's, let's talk about something that's a little bit more lighter, um, specifically on what you are currently doing. So tell us more about the beautiful work you're doing at Career Pathways and your seven-point roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. And so Career Pathways Consultant is the business I started two years ago. And so I try to put everything in a soundbite or just very simple so people understand. But basically, I help my clients stay flow or go in their career. And so what that means is no matter what pathway you're on, I have clients that want to stay where they are, but maybe they need to do some rebranding or maybe they're, you know, not getting getting rave reviews at work. And they, again, they need to rebrand and figure out a way to make their current situation work for whatever reason, then I help them with that. I have some that want to flow into leadership or higher responsibilities and they want to do more in their current situation. I help with that. The majority of my clients are go clients, meaning they want something different. So either they want to move into entrepreneurship or they're in the wrong career altogether. And we work with them to transition them to a new career um, that fits. So I help in all three of those areas. And so Basically, anything in your career, um, I help you get really clear on what that next career move is for you, and then we come up with a strategy to achieve what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and the seven-point roadmap is something that I offer for people that are in search of a new job, and that can be frustrating because a lot of us, you stay on your jobs for quite some time, and so then when you do have to look for another job, whether it's by your fault or, or the company has downsized you, you don't quite know what to do because you haven't done it in a while. And so the seven point roadmap um, gives you seven steps of how to land your next job. And these are the key principles that you need to be aware of and make sure that you have kind of all those levers going at one time in order to find your next opportunity. And you can find that at um, sevenpointroadmap.com, the number seven pointroadmap.com. I'll make sure that we have the links to everything that you have, you know, your, your business, uh, the seven point roadmap, um, your podcast and things of that nature. And um, I was going to tell you this offline, but uh, it'll make sense for me to tell you right now, based off of where you were and where you are now, I am very proud of you. And, and the reason why is because not only did you navigate it out of, of corporate America, but one, you had the overall awareness of it because you saw where the breaking point was. And then you made a conscious decision to say, okay, I'm going to change some things. Um, even you have some people that they've had, maybe have tragic events that happened in their life and their health is hanging on the thread, but they still choose to, to, to move forward for, uh, whatever it is, the, the love of the money that they're making, the prestige or whatever have you. So a lot of people, you, you stopped at, at the edge of the cliff where so many people, even to this day, still go over the cliff. And once you go over the cliff, it's very hard for you to come back. So right. you making that conscious decision and then making that conscious effort, um, you, you have to understand that the, the blessings will definitely continue to, to come your way. And I think the biggest blessing would be how you are still going down this road as Barbara 2.0, because not only were, 
your family be grateful, your clients will be grateful, but ultimately you can look at yourself in the mirror every single day and say, okay, I made the, the, the right decision. Cause I'm pretty sure there was also people, um, people that you may be confined into that were probably thinking, well, you're crazy. You're going to give up this job and mm-hmm. give up this life and things of that nature. So you got that resistance also. So you, you know, beat all of those odds and um, you're still coming out on, on top. So that's why it was so important for me to, to interview you because I wanted the audience to understand the, the, the thought process behind it, the hardship behind it, but then also the triumph because your story isn't, isn't over with. So thank you so much for sharing your story with um, our audience. And uh, did you have any last words before we end this interview? Well, thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate those last um, comments. And the last thing that I would leave is kind of where I started with, you know, who is Barbara Mason? And I told you the personal piece. And so one of the things I said in the beginning is that I'm no different. And what I want your audience to hear is that, yes, I did it, but they can too. And so if there's anyone that's contemplating um, making a move, don't let your fear get in the way of what you know you need to do. It doesn't have have to happen today because your exit ramp may be a four-year plan instead of a two-year plan like mine was. It doesn't matter. Just get moving towards where you know you need to be. And don't think that there was something special about me because there wasn't. The same thing it took for me is the same thing it's going to take for anyone. That's courage. That's tenacity. That's perseverance. um, That's being okay to fail. And so that's the last thing that I would leave is that if you want to, you absolutely can. Wow. She just dropped the microphone and walked off the stage, guys. (laughs) Um, If you guys had any other questions, comments, concerns based off of this interview, I will make sure that um, Barbara's social media handles and any contact information that she will want will be in the actual show notes. Um, This was very therapeutic, and I hope it was therapeutic um, from your perspective also. Absolutely. Yeah, this is about around six months because for you to make that decision and then still stick with that decision six months later, that just proves that you made the right decision because some people will pull that trigger and leave and then they'll freak out because their normal isn't normal anymore. So I definitely commend you for that. So uh, thank you again, Barbara, for your time. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast and we'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. If you had any additional questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me at info at ericbhorn.com. That's I-N-F-O at ericbhorn.com. And once again, that is info at ericbhorn.com. Once again, thank you guys for your time and we'll see you on the next episode.